Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning. Good evening. Good evening. Praise God. We want to thank God for the service that we have it on the line tonight. And we give God the honor. We give God the praise because he's been mighty good to us. And we just ask you, God, each and every one to just lock your minds in and that God will be able to just talk to your heart, your soul. And I come before you in a prayer tonight that God will have his way in each and every one that's on the line. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray tonight, God, that you, God, will lead and guide us, God. And Lord, that through our words, God, that some soul will be touched, God. And God, we know, God, that you're able to do all, God. And Lord, this day, God, we claim nothing but victory, God. In every word that come out of our mouth, God. And God, that some soul will be touched, God. Lord, just to tell them of your goodness and your mercy, God. Because God, we can see and we know how the enemy running to and fro, trying to destroy, God. But we as warriors, God, on the wall, willing to pay this price, God, Lord, to do your perfected will, God, because, God, we know if it hadn't been for your mercy and your goodness, where would we be, God, and, Lord, tonight, God, tonight is your night, God, have your way in each and every one that speak, God, and, God, that your words will come forth and touch some soul, in Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to do things a little differently tonight. Normally, we read the scriptures, and we're going to do that same process, but I'm going to start out, and I'm going to do the first ten verses. But before I get into that, I want to remind all of those of you who received the test, the exam, you cannot get credit for it if you do not return it in. Those that are members of the same affiliation that I'm with can bring their exams on Sunday, and I can take them from you, we'll grade them, and we'll get them back to you on the following Sunday so that you can get credit for it for your, towards your certificate. Now, the other part is we're going to be doing Chapter 2, and um, I sent a text out letting you know that uh, praying um, and by faith, there'll be no more cancellations of the class that we're going to rotate one another so that if I'm not available to teach a class, one of the other panel members, two of the other panel members, will take the class through the night. So we're going to start with Chapter 2 of Jeremiah, and we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in Chapter 2. And then we're going to allow you, after the first ten verses, if you have comments or you have questions concerning that cha- those ten verses, that you can vocalize, and then we'll go to the latter 20 if time permits. But we want to give God the honor. We want to give him the glory. We want to thank and praise him for being such a wonderful Savior, for protecting us all during the week, keeping our minds stayed upon him, keeping our hearts uplifted with the praise upon our mouths. We thank him today because it is not by any goodness of our own that he has kept us. It's but by his mercy 
And here in chapter 2 of Jeremiah, we're going to see exactly that. We're going to see God's love for his people, his mercy, how he uses his prophet, and why he says the things that he said. We can read uh, various books within the Bible, and we always come up with new meanings. We could I read chapter 2 a couple of days ago, and then I read it again, and I got something more from it. So whenever you're reading and your mind is toward God, totally he talks back to you as you read the scriptures and gives you that that you need for that particular hour. So we're going to pray and hope that God will use me that I can give you exactly what God has given to me concerning Jeremiah in the second verse and second chapter. I'm starting with um, the second chapter, starting with the first verse. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is saying that God is talking to Jeremiah and he's telling him, giving him instructions. Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of my thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, and the land was not sown. Here it is, Jesus talking about how that the people, like he remembered when he first began the ministry, Jeremiah, first beginning the ministry, God told him about all he had done for the people of God and that how they loved him and they were ready to serve him after being delivered from bondage and situations where um, they had no opportunity to praise God the way they were being given the opportunity here in this new land. But uh, God wanted to know, um, and he asked the people, how did they, why could they not remember what he had done for them? Why is it that he could not, they could not remember his love, his protecting power, how he watched over them while they were in the desert, how they followed him by light, day, by fire, uh, night, by fire, and during the day by a great cloud, how they were loyal to him, how they worshiped and praised him. And now it's as if they remember none of that. This is where uh, situations in our lives, when we can go through so much as we get in a situation where conflict is on every side, and we tend to forget the things that God has done in past. But if we would remember those things when we're going through and not forget them, we can stay on track understand what God's plan is for our lives. Jeremiah was given the gift of prophecy, the office of prophecy, and his mouth was no longer his own. He had to speak whatever God told him to speak. And in doing so, it was revealing to the people that from the time God delivered them up until this particular point, they had really changed. They were no longer showing God the love. God was no longer first in their lives. So in verse 3, it tells us that Israel was holiness unto the Lord and the first fruit of his increase. 
the first people that God had set free from bondage and delivered, brought out of a world of slavery and given the opportunity to do. He promised to bring them into a land filled with milk and honey, that they would have land to grow their crops and the land would yield healthy fruit and what have you. And then all of a sudden, it was as if they had um, forgotten his promises. All that divide him shall offend him. All that he had given to them, all that he had protected them from, everything that had tried to take control of them, he had given them his protection and his power and kept him. And now they want to turn their back on God. They don't want to hear anything to do with the Lord. They want to seek some made-up God, some creature they've created, instead of following the God that did the impossible for them, that delivered them from situations of bondage for 400 years. And in the time, short time in which they had been delivered, they had forgotten all of that, had become what some people would say complacent, had forgotten that they didn't get there on their own, had forgotten that there was no great power outside of God that brought them to that point. It's just that they didn't want to serve him anymore. So here in chapter 3, God remembers and reminisces of when Israel first knew true holiness and how they loved God more than anything. Nothing interfered with their obedience to God, that they were the first fruit of his increase, just like a child is the firstborn of a man's seed, and how they loved that child. This is how God loved the people of Israel. This is how much he loved them, and he loved them so much that he was even considering just reminding them because he thought, maybe if I remind them of what I delivered them from, where I brought them from, maybe they'll turn around and come back to me. They wanted nothing to do with God or his holiness. Then God spoke through Jeremiah in verse 4. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. This is the seed of Jacob. And everyone that has come from that seed, he's speaking to as Israel. Because that's the name he gave Jacob. Thus saith the Lord, what iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain. Here it is a God, a majestic God, one that has done something that has never been done before, delivered them out of every situation and circumstance, opened the Red Sea for them to cross, gave them food in the wilderness that was their desire, the food manna that tastes like whatever they wanted to eat. And then here they are now, and God wants to know, 
What have I done? What have I, the God that delivered you, done that was so sinful that you would turn your back on me? That you would walk away from all that I have done and desire nothing to do with me? That had to be a hurtful thing for God to have delivered them, brought them out of bondage, given them new prospects on anything they wanted to. They could have been anything they wanted to. Everything was new. All they had to do was remain holy and to give God the honor and the glory. Okay, neither said they. Where is the Lord that had brought us out of the land of Egypt? that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death. David speaks about that in the 23rd Psalm. Through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwell. They forgot all about that. Because what happened was, once they had been delivered, not once did they say unto God, Lord, you know, we're going through and things are sort of settling down. And we just need to know that you're still out there and around us, God. You're still there like you were there on the in the desert for us when you parted the Red Sea. We just want to make sure you're still there, God. Not once did they call out. For the name of God. They were there when he led them out through the wilderness, the land and the pits and what have you. Delivered them. Gave them water when there was no water. When death was all about them. Dying of starvation and wearing rags and what have you. God came through for them and met their needs. Gave them everything that they needed. But it wasn't enough for them. They weren't happy. They had lost interest in what God was doing for them. And then in the seventh verse, as I brought you into a plenteous country, just imagine, everywhere you look, there is food, fruit to eat to your fields. The grass is green. Everything is beautiful, clean, and pure. But you didn't want that. You could have eaten all the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, they defiled the land and made mine heritage an abomination. All the good that was there, they changed it and made it evil made it for own self-gain, did what they wanted to do versus keeping the word of God, abiding, abiding in God's holiness, using the good fruit and whatever he had put before them for God's purpose. Jeremiah prophesied that it was God that brought them into the prosperity, this prosperity, where the land was good for farming and pure to yield healthy fruit. How innocence prevailed, and now 
ye have corrupted my gift that I gave to you? You have turned it into a curse and caused it to yield impure harvest. You have made this land an abomination before God. That's just like sometimes when we as a people of God, we get in a rut and we think God needs a little bit of help and we try to fix situations that God, this is the same way the people of Israel were. They had gotten complacent and had started to look back because they thought what they left behind was better than what God had given them. And when you look back, you cause things that would not have been upon you to come upon you. And this is what they did. In verse 8, the priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied by bow and walked after their things that do not profit. Here we have the God made them priests, told them what to do, how to do it. Not once when they felt they weren't doing what God wanted them to do, did they reach out for God's help. They never asked, Lord, help me. I feel like I'm not doing what I should be doing. I know I'm not where I should be, God. No, they kept right on. And those that God had put over the law forgot the law and started making up laws to fit their own benefit, their own self-gain. And the pastors that God had chosen from birth and taught them his way and his will and given them his love and wisdom and understanding, now they too had also transgressed against God. And the prophets that used to open their mouths and the word of God would come out and the people would fall to their feet because of the reverence of God's spirit. Now they paid no attention. And instead of prophesying God's words, they prophesied their own words, the words of Baal, Baal which was a God, an image of God, one that, a false God. And they walked at the things that could not and did not profit them. Imagine all God had delivered them from. The priest that once loved him. The, the lawmakers which once got their laws from him and enforced them with the people. And the pastors, his heart, angels he had laid charge over the people. They turned away from God and did whatsoever they thought they were big enough to do. But still, God thought he saw something in them worth saving. So he tells Jeremiah to speak. Wherefore, I will yet plead with you. Imagine this. God created everything. All life form. All the plant life, every human being, every animal, everything on the face of the earth. God created it. He created the human 
And now he's going to plead with the human, the people. He's going to ask them, plead with them. And the Lord said, and with your children's children, will I plead? He don't care how long it's going to take to get you to come back to him. But he's going to plead with you until you turn from your wicked ways and come back unto him. Listen to the scripture. Here we have God, like I said, of all creations, the heaven and the earth. And he pleads with a disobedient people. He had to love these people. He had to love them so much that in spite of them throwing back his holiness in his face, that he was yet willing to give them another chance. Numbers says in the 23rd chapter, the 19th verse, God is not a man that should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it, of hath or hath he spoken, and shall not make it good. The tenth verse says, For pass over the isles of Kittim and see, and see the Kedar, the Cedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. I looked up the word. It looks like it's Chittim, but they say, they pronounce it as Kittim. It's an area where the descendants of Javan, which was the son of Japheth. You know who Japheth is, right? Yep. One of the door, right? Yep. And the land settled by them. And the sons of Javan was Elisha and Tarshish and Kittim and Dodonim. Kittim seemed to devote primarily to islands in Cyprus and also to be employed in a wider sense. To Macedonian, Daniel in 1130, you can read that later, but I'm going to read it right now. For the ships of Kittim will come against him. Therefore he will be disheartened and will return and become enraged at the Holy Covenant, and take action. So he will come back and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress, and do away with the regular sacrifices, and they will set up an abomination of desolation. That's exactly what they did. By smooth words, he will turn to good godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Those who have sight among the people will give understanding to the many, yet they will fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity, and by plunder for many days. 
Now, when they fall, they will be granted a little help, and many will join with them in hypocrisy. Some of those who have insight will fall, and others refine, order to refine, purge and make them pure until the end time, because it is still to come at the appointed time. Here God is still pleading with the people not to be sinful, not to do the things that are not right. And he uses Jeremiah to prophesy to them. At this point, are there any questions regarding the first ten verses? Uh, someone wants to input, say something about the first ten verses. This is the time to do so. Hey, man, I just want to uh, comment on the uh, the first verse. And it says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. Saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee. Amen. A lot of times, you know, when we go through things and even many times when we pray, even in distress, you know, we, we think that the Lord doesn't hear us because he doesn't move when we desire that he move. Amen. But the Lord knows us and he remembers every word that we say and even all of the actions uh, that we produce before him. Amen. And it also says, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth. Amen. And uh, he's saying that uh, those were the times when uh, you were obedient unto me. Those are the times that I was the first love of your life. Uh, those were the time when I was the one that you actually put everything in trust to. Amen. And it says, the love of thine spouses. Amen, which means that there's a great affection there uh, for that love that they had for God. Amen. It says, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, amen, in those secluded places, um, in a land that was not sown, amen, which was a, a time and uh, places and situations uh, that wasn't pleasant. Uh, amen. It says Israel was holiness unto the Lord, which means that they were righteous, they were sincere. Amen. And he was the main focus of their lives. Uh, amen. And continuing the first fruits of his increase. Amen. Uh, which means that, you know, uh, the Lord always espouses us uh, as being those that love him when we give him everything in our lives and make it known unto him that uh, we can put our trust in him. Amen. And it also flips it over by saying, and all that devour him shall offend, which means those that are going against those, uh, amen, that's the love of God's life, uh, they are offending God. Amen. And the Lord is making known that evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord, which means that the Lord Amen. He lifts up a standard uh, for those that love him and those that have committed themselves unto him. Amen. And it reads, uh, hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families uh, of the house of Israel. Amen. 
And it also is telling us all of those, uh, amen, that have given everything to him. Uh, those, amen, not necessarily the natural house, uh, but all of those that are assembled uh, in the name of the Lord and have given everything to him, their will they have submitted unto God. Uh, when you give everything to God, uh, amen, then he considers you as being a part of his family. Amen. Then he asked in verse 5, Thou said, Lord, what iniquity have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me? What has he done? Has he not been faithful unto those that came before us, amen, that introduced us to the Lord, uh, amen? And it also says, and have walked after vanity. When you turn away from all of God's righteousness, uh, you are walking after vanity. When you refuse to abide under the shadows of the Almighty, you are gone after vanity, and you have become Vain, amen. I love how Kabbalah, like I say, he has brought us up out of the land of Egypt. We were all in Egypt. We didn't have any peace. We didn't have any joy. But it led us through the wilderness. And we was in the wilderness. We didn't know what we wanted to do or what we could do. But God gave us another opportunity to walk, not in the land, not in the desert but and the pits, but to walk in his holiness and to be a part of his uh, goodness and his mercy, though the land of <clears throat> of drought and the shadows of death, we was all dead, spiritually dead, because we didn't know God and we didn't want to serve God. But God has given us another opportunity, like in Jeremiah said, this is a modern-day Jeremiah. God has given us every opportunity to get it right and to stand before him and to give him the glory and the honor because the people have turned their back on God. They're serving idol God. If you're serving, I say, you're in the club, or you running around, you're doing this, you won't give God the glory, you won't give God the honor, because everybody was, was, was worried, was born to serve God. It was born to give God the glory and the honor. But the devil has twisted our mind. He has put a stamp on us that we can't get closer to God. He was telling us this is the old days, but God hasn't changed. God is the same God from the beginning to the end. And we as people, we have to be a, a modern-day, let's say a modern-day Jeremiah, to open our mouths even to the public. Every word that he gives you, not shine off, but to say, because some will, some will accept it, some won't. But we're not worried about who can't who won't. We're willing to do what God is telling us to do and to stand holy because we have the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you and whatever the Holy Ghost tell you, we will do it because we are the first fruit to increase. The first fruit barrier. Some of us are the first in our family to stand and to do what God has tell us to do. And if we put our, get ourselves in order and to do what God tells us to do, we can be the first to touch some soul. We're not looking for glory. We're just looking for honor and to do what God happens to do. Because I know Jeremiah, Jeremiah didn't want to do it. Jeremiah didn't want to stand, but God put the words in his mouth. God told him what to say, and God will do the same for us. 
us. God will tell us what to do, when to do it, when to speak, and when not to speak. And I just to stand and to listen at him. And when you listen at God, that's when God can use you. God can use you as a mighty vessel. And we want to stand, stand this day to be the Jeremiah, that we will give the words that God gives us to deliver in the public and the peace, because so many have come this way, just like the priests. They wanted to be their own gods. They wanted to do this. But God says, stand and listen at me and do what I have you to do. We thank God for tonight. Um, we thank God for all of the words that's been said, you know, about Jeremiah and his his plea for God's people and we can plainly see that God is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And looking at Jeremiah, the second chapter, and looking at verse 9, you can see how God is pleading with his people. He wants to bring them into repentance. And he's pleading with them because he loves them before his wrath and his wrath comes upon them. And you can see today, if we apply this to um, the world today, the ministers are delivering the word of God. The missionaries are handing out tracts, and um, people are publicly saying that God loves you and God de desires to have your soul. And you can see that people have replaced um, spiritual things with idle things, such as their car. They're, um, they're replacing God. Um, they don't have time for God. That's they use that time to do other things to replace um God. And they um but God is so full of mercy, so full of grace and his favor is yet upon his people and you know, and God is like uh uh water like compared to water from a fountain and he's cool and he's refreshing and he's cleansing and he, he's the living water. And God is just waiting for us to repent and waiting for his people to repent. And he's ready. Um, he's ready for his people to repent because he's a loving God. And so much, you know, people have decided to to serve the idol, the idol God, the the vain things, as many have said earlier, the vain things, the things that's not going to bring salvation to us. And, and you know, and sometimes we can see that it's hard for those who have tasted of God's grace. Sometimes they fight God harder than those who have never known God before. because They're excuseless, though. But if you've ever tasted of God's grace or if you've ever been saved, you know that that God is a good God, God is merciful, God is kind, and he's waiting on you, and you're without excuse. And I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for um, his evangelists and his teachers and people like Jeremiah uh, who live such a life, and we ourselves, you know, we're the Jeremiahs. We're speaking out for God. We're telling others about the love of Jesus Christ. Hear to the word of God, but yet we have to continue to open our mouths. So true. Anyone else have anything, uh, Evangelist Dorothy? Hey. Hey, I just, just want to say that, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, people will uh, use uh, 
the ministers and uh, those that are walking in the fear of God as excuses because of the bad examples that are out there that people are looking at and how the the enemy is using uh, those that uh, the bad seeds to project unrighteousness unto those that, you know, really uh, want to see the goodness of God in other people. Because there are ministers, um, amen, and there are pastors, um, amen, that are really standing strong and favorable unto God. Um, because they have made vows unto God. They have made known unto God that, Lord, if you would deliver me, if you will set me free, if you will make me whole and bring me out uh, and establish me in your righteousness, uh, I will run and not be weary. Amen. And there are many of God's people that are out there standing strong and, and living the life of righteousness. Uh, so therefore, you know, uh, uh, because we know without a doubt uh, how the devil want to point fingers uh, to make those that are not believers not feel that there's any righteousness or reality in serving God. Um, but I'm grateful to God because there are those like Jeremiah, amen, regardless to what those did or said, about Jeremiah and against Jeremiah, it discouraged Jeremiah for a minute. But after, even in between that minute, God was there strengthening and encouraging Jeremiah to let him know that, hey, I'm here to help you get my message over to the people. Uh, and all you have to do is listen to me and follow me and obey me, and I will give you what you need. I will make, a, 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 as they say, a, a water um trail, either I would make water in the desert for you to come through, regardless to the hardships uh, that are out there that people are putting up against you. Just know that I am for you, and I would do the impossible for you that they would know that you are my witness. Uh, and that's what a lot of us as the saints are doing. Uh, we are exhibiting the righteousness of God in opposition to what the enemy is trying to show others. Uh, but all we can tell you is that, that you believe God. Uh, amen. And put all your trust in God uh, because God will never fail you regardless of what it looks like visually, but no in your heart uh, that God is for you and he wants you and he's calling you and desire to deliver you and to set you free and then make you an example of his righteousness. Amen. Anyone else have anything to input? I'm going to ask Carmen. Did someone say something? No. Okay, I'm going to ask our minister Chapman to start with, as far as we can go until, you know, I'll start with the 10th verse of Jeremiah 2. Okay, the 11th verse, right? I'm sorry, 11th. Okay. And the word of God says, Had a nation changed their gods? Why are ye yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory 
for that which doeth not profit. God was talking to the people through Jeremiah. He said, I was your God. I brought you out. I I brought you into this land. I brought you out of Egypt. And you, you don't remember that? And now, my people, you change from trusting me and putting your faith in me to someone else. And they can't even do what I have done. What have they done for you that was profitable? Twelve, be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, said the Lord. I remember reading in the Word of God um, one time before when it talks about be be afraid and be very afraid. And God was telling them, you know, I brought you out of Egypt and I brought you into this land and I have provided for you and you have just really turned your back on me. In other words, you have lost your first love. You are hard-headed. You won't listen to the man of God that I have called to (coughs) give you instructions, to give you opportunity to repent. You just won't listen. And now, what can this who you who you're serving right now, who you've turned to, what what can they do for you? They they can't they can't they can't take care of you. They will not love you as I love you. And I and I just remember one verse too that it says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." They had lost their faith because they had turned their ears to some other doctrine, to some other God, which is not the creator. And God and God was telling the prophet Jeremiah, tell them, tell them what what I say. And I remember this, the first chapter the first chapter we read, he said, Don't worry about how they look. Don't even worry how they act. Just open your mouth and let me speak through you. And I'm sure these people if they were, if, if God told him that, you can imagine some of the things that they said back to Jeremiah when he when he spoke the word of God. So that gives us an idea. If they did it back then, Amen. They're going to do it now. Some people are not going to hearken hearken unto the word of God, and some people will be ugly to the man or woman of God who speaks the truth, and that is the living word of God. Amen. 13, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me with the fountain of living water, which only that water can come from one source, and that's God Almighty through Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can get the living water. You can go out and get spring water, and it tastes real cool and whatnot, but the living water only comes from the living God. That's what was. And hew them out censers, broken censers that could hold no water. In other words, you can go out here and you can go to the Alps and get the most the most expensive water. They call it the Swiss waters from the Alps. And it's supposed to be some of the purest waters in the world. But we know there's only one pure water. And, again, that's that living water. So go ahead and fill all your containers up, all your sensors. But guess what? 
it's not going to satisfy you. And your sinisters are going to be broken because they cannot hold the living water. You cannot hold the living water of God. Amen. Amen. And 14, is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? 15, the young lions roared upon him and yelled, and they made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitants. In other words, until you do right by God, nothing that you do or shall try to do shall prosper. And that's 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 just it. God said if if he is for you, he's more than the whole world is against you. But in order for him to be for us, we've got to be for him. He's a jealous God and he proves that. But he loves us so much that he keeps telling us. He keeps telling us through the man or woman of God to repent. I love you. He said he was married to the backslider. All he wants you to do is repent and acknowledge him, dust your behind off, and get back in the race. But they didn't do that. They fought and they they, they did everything opposite of what God told them to do. And because of that, they they reap the benefits of being disobedient. That's what all of us will do when we go against God's will and purpose for our lives. We do reap the benefits of disobedience. If God tell us to go to one person and just hug them, and you might never speak to this person. You might see them all the time. And God just told you to go to them and hug them. You don't know why God would tell you to do that. But if you would do that, that person that you went to to hug, they will know because, see, they asked God for something. And they asked God to give them a sign. And you could be that very sign. So it behooves us to uh, think about it rather than doing it. So, amen. It, it just goes again about the word of God coming forth. We love the Lord so, so much, and we, we, don't, we don't want to see anybody lost. Because God did not make heaven for his for his creators creation. He made heaven for the devil and all the angels that, that came with him from heaven. So it behooves us when the man or woman, a child, boy or girl tells us to repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent and come back to Christ. And I thank God for Jeremiah because can you imagine Jeremiah, amongst all those people standing there, giving the word of God, and I'm sure, I'm sure they threw stuff at him. I'm sure they spit at him. I'm, 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 I'm sure they did everything unimaginable. Yes, Lord. But guess what? <laughs> God said, all you got to do is just stand and speak my word. Even how they look, how they act, I got them. Nothing is going to harm you. Nothing is, in other words, nothing is going to take your life because I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And now he, now he didn't say he wasn't going to get hurt. He didn't say that they weren't going to belittle him. He didn't even say that they wouldn't call him every name but the child of God. But he said, don't worry about that. Right. In other words, go ahead, let him hit you with your best shot. 
But when it's all over and done, they're coming back to me. And I will reward them accordingly to their deeds. So it behooves us when we talk about the men and women of God, when they speak the word of truth, and some of us say, oh, oh, man, she's just talking, he's just talking. Don't say that. You're talking about God's called prophecies and prophecies. If you don't, if, if you don't want to hear it, just close your mouth. Don't say nothing. But once you speak something out of your mouth, you're going to have to give an account to that, to God. And he did say, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Did he not? That still goes... That's still valid for today. Amen. Amen. And I don't I don't know whether or not you might want to go ahead and have some questions right now because I know that the time is um I wanted to say something when you were talking about the uh living water. Mm-hmm. The natural water that we uh, draw from the springs and what have you have no healing element. No. Have no purging element or cleansing element. And I don't just mean cleansing of the outer body, but the living water that Jesus gives us that Jeremiah was talking about goes down on the inside and removes the sin that dwells on the inside, giving us strength to live a holy life. Then I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the uh, part where 17th verse, where when the Lord spoke to um Jeremiah, and he told him to prophesy. And uh, you had stated about the anointed of God. Sure, the word of God said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. But at the same time, when you are in an office of prophet and there is God speaks to you, he has no respect of person. I mean, you can be highly anointed, but when God speaks through an individual to people, to that individual, they know whether they say it or not, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's God talking through that individual. And it may sometimes fall on an anointed of God as well. as We're all anointed of God. There are just different degrees of anointment. And we're all called of God. And those that are called of God, then he justifies them. So when he spoke here using Jeremiah, he was telling Jeremiah, forget about that person over there that you just talked to. Forget about that one over there that called you a hypocrite. Forget about the one over there that told you, man, you don't know what you're doing. You need to shut your mouth. Forget about the one that threw the rock and hit you in the head last week. Just speak my word. Now, we know from uh, Paul uh, in the New Testament, Jeremiah's life somewhat parallels to his life because he went through some of everything, pretty much what Paul went through in the New Testament. So here we know if we're going to do the perfected will of God, we're going to be tried, we're going to be tested, we're going to be talked about, we're going to be ridiculed, we're going to be spat upon, we're going to go through it, might even be stoned. But this is what the prophets of God went through. And and also, can I just add, they went through that, all right? They suffered because even, even Jesus told Paul, 
because of what you've done, you will suffer much. But 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 the but the assurance of all the suffering, all the pain, hallelujah, all the hurt that a prophet or prophetess or a child of God goes through, your reward is in heaven. Exactly. And and the good thing about that is that once once we put it, we get it in our spirit to die is to gain, we will do as Jeremiah did, preach the word of God in and out of season as our prophets and prophecies do right now. Because there is a greater, the, the, the reward, this, this world cannot reward me. This re, the reward that we will receive, hallelujah, in heaven, by God himself, through Jesus Christ, would be worth everything, hallelujah, that we have gone through on this earth. Does anybody else have anything to say? Hey, man, I would just want to comment on uh, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken the fountain of living waters and hewed them at cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. Now, we know that there is no substitute Mm -hmm. for the fountain of living waters, even though people try to substitute that Mm -hmm. when they leave uh, from those living waters. Amen. They try to put everything in the place, uh, amen, of what those living waters served them uh, when they were in the perfect will of God, when they were in the presence of God, um, when God was there as their first choice. Um, but all of these promises, or all of these substitutes, uh, they are nothing but broken cisterns, which were nothing but water holders at that time. But they had no depth, amen, they had no security, and they had no value like the fountain of living waters. So that lets us know that regardless of what we do, there is no substitute for salvation. There is no substitute for God's deliverance. Uh, There's no substitute for the love of God uh, and the strength and the joy and the peace and the comfort uh, that God gives in his fountain of living waters. Amen. Amen. Now, no one else has anything tonight's contribution about Jeremiah. Yeah. I'm going to ask uh, Evangelist Dorothy Beatty is on the phone if she can close in prayer. Is she on the phone? Yes. God, unto you, O oh God, for all God that you are doing for us. Even now, God, we thank you, God, for such a beautiful broadcast, God, tonight, God, to bring forth your words, O oh God. We thank you, God, for making them fruitful, O oh God, and living words, O oh God, to go out, God, unto all those that were here. God, we thank you, God, for the saving of souls, for the sanctifying of souls, God. We thank you, God, for bringing forth deliverance, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for drawing souls, God, from far and near, O oh God, and giving them changed lives, O oh God. We thank you, God, for loving us so much, O oh God, and caring for us, O oh God, that you yourself, O oh God, 
steadily pleading with your people, O oh God, to come on up, O oh God, out of the wilderness, God, to come from desolate places, O oh God, and come, God, and dwell under the shadows of your wings. Lord, we are so grateful and so thankful, God, for all that you do for us, God. Ask you, God, to continue, God, to bless us, God, and to keep us under the shadows of your wings. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. 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 Uh, all you Val panel members would like to meet with you for a little bit on Friday night. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your support and your love. Thank you, those that are listening in, and your comments of your uh, when you send in your uh, text and all. We so appreciate it. All tests are due on Sunday. Love you much, and God bless each and every one of you. Amen. 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 Good night. Good night. Love you too. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.